0: Hello there we do have a guest today we have Anne Colette. she is a seasoned interior designer and we are talking all about inclusive design which is so important and so needed in our field of interior design we want to make sure that we are including everybody into our design practice and when we're designing now and into the future um, so just a little bit about Anne Anne is an independent interior designer with 47 years experience in the field of residential interior design. She's earned her bachelor's degree in textiles and interior design from the University of Connecticut in 1969 and her master's from Oregon State University in 1971. Her design career began in New England, Connecticut to Vermont to Maine, then traveled south to Williamsburg, Virginia, and now continues in Southern California. Anne is a past president of the San Diego chapter of ASID and is a certified aging and place specialist. She is retired from the Design Institute of San Diego, where she taught textiles and business practices and was also the career development and internship advisor and faculty advisor for the student chapter of ASID at Design Institute. Anne's former design firm, a kinder space, was known for creating safe, easy to use, and beautiful spaces that strove to address the present and future needs of her clients. Anne's prime goal is always to interpret those needs and desires in an aesthetically pleasing way, to make spaces work for them, not against them, to create an environment in which they can live and work more positively and independently. Anne brings care and respect and empathy into the designer-client relationship providing innovation and excellence. Her work has established a reputation for interior spaces that function beautifully. Anne is outgoing, energetic, humorous, well-spoken and hardworking, comfortable speaking in front of others and a natural teacher. As you will soon discover in our episode today, we also have a workshop uh, with Anne that is an inclusive workshop showing us how to integrate These practices into our current interior design projects. I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, There's so many aha moments here and beautiful takeaways. And I also hope that you're able to join us for the live workshop, which happens virtually on Zoom through the Design Coven um, as a pro member. So if you're not a pro member, please join us so that you can gain this experience from Anne. And if our workshop has happened in the past, when you listen to this in the future, uh, know that as a pro member, you do have access to the past recordings. Alrighty, I hope you enjoy. You're listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. This is a podcast that guides you as a new or inspiring independent interior designer navigating your entrepreneurial path. Here with my over 20 years experience, I will share my holistic approach to design with intention and ancient practices, including Feng Shui, all incorporating mind, body, and spirit into my design projects. You will also learn from seasoned interior designers as they give strategies and insight of how they built their businesses and continue to work in the field together we will discover supportive trade partners new ideas creatives and inspiring artists from around the world i am your host rachel lorraine crawford hello and welcome back to the holistic interior design business podcast we have a special guest today we have anne kellett who is coming on and we're talking about inclusivity Uh, with interior design so this is huge she's got so many years experience and i'm excited to dive in welcome Anne.
1: thank you thank you for having me rachel i'm excited
0: yeah Yeah. of course um i'm gonna light a candle just so that i can get grounded here and present with you um you know that beautiful intention of creativity learning getting some wisdom from a fellow designer
1: bringing in the ages this uh, wisdom the spirit
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. super important and I've got crystal cards so I'm pulling from the radiant crystal deck let's just see what what crystal is coming forward for us what do we need to know oh we have kunzite, love divine connection and creativity Um, perfect yes and this is all heart chakra so really opening up our hearts um, compassion And I think that goes a lot, um, you know, with interior design and especially being uh, conscious and inclusive of all people, right? Perfect.
1: Love it. Beautiful. Love it.
0: All right. And so what is home to you? What is home at the moment for you?
1: Well, I live in a condo in uh, Tierra Santa, part of San Diego. (laughs) And I've lived here for um, probably almost 20 years since I moved to San Diego. Um, Recently, my husband passed away about a year ago. And so I'm sort of reclaiming the space and um, mm. it's becoming very uh, model kitchen, Done some other things to it to really make it feel wholly
0: um, me and um, yeah. it feels
1: good. So, and it's wow. 10 minutes away from my grandchildren. So that's perfect.
0: Oh, that's the best. That's <laughs> yeah, the best. It is the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. it. Um, and I know you've been in the design world for such a long time and I, it's such an honor to be able to connect with you and to learn from you. Can you share with us just a little bit about how you came into this world as far as design and accessibility?
1: It's, it's, hard to, it's hard for me to say that I've been practicing now for 47 years because it just seems like yesterday and yet it seems a million miles away as well at the same time it's sort of a both and. Um, I was an army brat, so which means my, my parents moved a lot and yeah. i think my mother in 22 years of marriage made 30 different spaces for us to
0: live in oh my god
1: she always did it with grace and a plum i mean i wouldn't call her an interior designer but she made draperies she made slipcovers she hung pictures she made us feel home wherever mm-hmm. we were and i think i learned from her on, from her inadvertently how to do that um, and I think that's the essence of what what I like to do is create a home, comfortable, loving space for wh- wherever you are, whoever you yeah. are. And so I, I really didn't go into interior design initially when I went. I really wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a medical oh, wow. doctor. Now, this is 19... I graduated from high school, uh, drumroll, uh, <laughs> 1964. So if any of you have seen the movie Hidden Figures... Yes. about the African-American women who worked for NASA. That is the era that I graduated from high school in. Wow. So the idea that a woman wanting to be a doctor was, my father said, no, women don't need to be doctors. So I thought, okay. And I, you know, before the women's movement, so I didn't say, oh yeah. well, yes, I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> um, I just went along with it. So I went to college and I, my first year or two was in sciences and I experienced a lot of discrimination, quite frankly, a lot of sexual discrimination um, from males about being a woman in science. And, and and then I had a roommate who was in home economics, and she was doing sewing and cooking and, and fabrics, and I sewed all my life. And I thought, you can wow. actually major in this? I have no idea. So I really looked into that whole, it was a, a interior design, clothing, and textiles fashion department at University of Connecticut, and I fell in love. And from that on, I haven't looked back
0: that's
1: amazing so i'm i graduated i got married i moved to oregon i uh he was a graduate student and i thought well the only way to live with a graduate student was to be one so i got my master's in textiles and interior design and then have you know been doing that in since then so it's been my only career and that's that's... probably why i've been doing it such a long time um but i Morphed and grown over the years, and 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 learn. I can never stop learning. Is what I never stop learning. Even on my latest job, I learned something. But Absolutely. it's just really been an honor to do that. But it's 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 changed over the years. Took, I started yeah. in working for an Ethan Allen Gallery, selling furniture. Um, then worked for a small company and uh, did mostly antiques and you know mm-hmm. big old homes. And then I've worked. I've worked. I've just had a myriad of kinds of parts of the interior design yeah. uh, field, but all residential, pretty much. Okay, I have stuck residential. I've done some commercial work, but I really love the connecting with the client and really making a difference. You know, making their home their home, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. that's that's always been my love. Uh, some of the students when I taught you know didn't want to have that much in connection with with clients they wanted to be the commercial designer okay. who did all the design and then didn't have to deal with oh i'd really rather have that color instead of that right color. you know i think but but for me that's all part of the mix and, and the process yeah. and i love that yeah I love yeah
0: that. I, yeah definitely yeah. there are definitely those um personalities that you know can connect with a residential client versus a commercial client and then that's part of the journey too is figuring out like well where do i thrive and how do i want to navigate this and and who who do i want to work for as a with a client um that's really cool i also used to work for ethan allen a long time ago it was in '06. i was there for about a year and i think there was a few other people that have come on that have been ethan allen alumni which is it was a great
1: way to start the business i will say back in the back in the 70s when I started mid 70s that they had a wonderful educational program and it was a very contained product market and it was a way to learn how to do to do an entire space you know residential space in one store so it was a great way to cut my teeth on business and then but quickly went into you know the larger the larger world yes with more confidence under my belt so yeah I have great respect for for Ethan Allen and what I learned there
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's such a great starting point. Um, And like you said, just doing it under one roof, under one company. And then it's like once you get there, it's almost like taking off the training wheels and and diving into all these other places.
1: Yes, 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 indeed. And I tell students, you know, the first job you have isn't going to be the rest of your life. Yeah, but it's it's going to be the one that, you know, kind of you get your feet wet and you kind of look around and you say, okay, I like this part. I don't like mm-hmm. that part, you know, or whatever. And mm-hmm. that job will lead to another job, which leads to another job. And then uh, ultimately it took me quite a while before I had the courage to go out on my own. But uh, I, I learned, i try to be a sponge. Learn as much as you can yes. from every place you work. And, yeah. Uh, and that builds and especially,
0: your especially, own... Yeah. And especially if yeah. they're giving you education and they're, yes. you know, fostering yes. that. So it's like, take advantage of all that education that you can get because um, yes. once you're on your own then you're going to have to try to facilitate right creating those yep. opportunities for yourself and
1: yeah
0: and we try to yep. give I'm, that too yeah
1: and i think joining asid i was it was mm-hmm. um, a while before i i would in vermont and then moved to virginia and um got connect reconnected with asid in virginia and um that really helps me connect with other designers and to learn more networking and how to, you know, more support system. Yes, Which I think is really important for designers because working in a vacuum is not, is not a good thing. We need to, no. we need each other. We need.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that was part of, you know, creating of the design coven and then reconnecting with ASID. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, I was so involved with ASID, especially being a student. And then shortly thereafter, and then I kind of, stepped out a little bit and now i'm like wait i need to reconnect right I need to get back with my community of designers so yeah really important yeah. It's,
1: it's a wonderful whatever it is nkba or asid or iida whatever organization professional organizations are mm-hmm.
0: are really help you become better a better you i think absolutely absolutely yeah. Yeah. and um you mentioned students a lot are you currently teaching
1: I taught for ten years. When I moved to San Diego twenty years ago, 2004, almost 20 years ago, uh, I came out here to teach. Uh, oh, okay. I've been a designer for you know many years, and it's really difficult to you know pick up a design business from one end of the country and put it back into into work in another part of the country. Um, it takes a good two years before you build a yeah. clientele to really you know be able to make a living. And I've I've, I've always enjoyed teaching. And so I, I remember visiting my daughter who lived out here and seeing an ad in the San Diego home and garden magazine, which is does, no longer exists, yes. but it was a wonderful magazine for Design Institute of San Diego. And so I thought, I looked at it, Hmm, I could teach. So <laughs> Sure I can, why not? Um, yeah. So I, so I had an interview and she hired, they hired me right away. And I said, well, I have this, I have this challenge. I have. Um, a business to get rid of in Virginia. I have a house to sell and I have a husband to convince. And that, <laughs> and that took me three years, but they, they kept the job. So I started teaching there um, in 2007, I think it was. And, no, no,
0: 2004.
1: Okay. So, and I taught there for 10 years. And I really loved, I loved, I learned so much. And I loved interacting with the younger folks. And uh, and said there would be seasoned design, you know, seasoned yeah. folks in the class too. Yeah. I mean, older, I mean, I did, so it was a full range, but I really, really loved it. And I think I started out teaching introduction to interior design, you know, mm-hmm. just all the basics, principles of art and all of the bits and pieces um, that you, you learn in the intro. And then I took taught, taught textiles. Textiles was my mm-hmm. real love. I love fabric. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of kitchens and baths now. So whenever I go into a fabric show, it's like, oh, I'm home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> show me the fabrics. <laughs> Um, and I really, really loved that. And then I also taught business practices. And okay. then I did career development and uh, did the internship program at Design Institute. Oh, amazing. So, it was, it was, so I had all first-year students and the fourth-year students. And it was, it was really great. I really, really, really loved it. I did retire. And I took on the position of uh, president of ASID for a year. And okay. I knew that I had to really, really, really focus on that. Mm. And so, and I was ready. I was ready to 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 then morph my grow my business into into more of what it what it has become. Because it did take a little bit of a turn when I came out here. Okay, um, I did switch my my focus yeah. from general residential into more the specialty that I do today.
0: Got it. So yeah. So can you kind of share with us the specialty that you're you're in and how you got into that world?
1: Well. When we were looking for places to live, my husband was 14 years older than I am. So okay. he was, I knew that wherever we had to live, where we we're going to live. It needed to be something that we could grow old in. Got it. Because I'm not there yet, but he was getting <laughs> Anyway, I, <laughs> I wanted to find a place. So I noticed in all of our looking at different houses that there were steps and there were narrow doorways and there were there were physical impediments to the built environment was very was not friendly to Mm. people with um, challenges and he didn't particularly have any at that point but you know that does take part of age so so we found a condo where we could drive in and the garage is underneath get in an elevator go down the hallway and we're in we're in a condo so it was perfect for that kind of kind of thing and then so that really got me interested and is this something you can specialize in Mm. and so I did some research and yes it is there is the the National Association of Home Builders, the NEHB, um, has a three-series uh, class called certification Certified Aging and Place Specialty, is what the CAPS. That's the okay. part of my my appellation that is Certified Aging and Place Specialty, and it's three classes. That it's a full day, and then you you know you you learn about the challenges of designing for people uh, in the aging population, you do learn about marketing and a little bit about business and a okay. number of other things that, were part, that make it specialty. And then I took some classes through US, uh, USC. Uh, have a have certification in home modifications through them. And, and then just wow. started, you know, really trying to focus on that. And I've always loved the concept of universal design. Yes. Universal design is something that was really brought to the fore, I think in the Late 80s, maybe early 90s, after the ADA was put into, the, the civil rights ADA practice was put into law for okay. people we should have equal accessibility for all. So a lot of the design, you know, what we call Title 24 and the right. ADA codes came into being then, which were necessary for commercial spaces, spaces of public accommodation um but most of those solutions were pretty ugly and they really still are many of them Mm -hmm. um and so ron mace who was an architect at north carolina state university came up with a concept that you know design should be universal for everyone and it should be available and beautiful to the general public it shouldn't be delegate relegated to a small population and it should not be ugly so (laughs) <laughs> so that, that's where that's where the concept of universal design came about, and it really doesn't just apply to, you know, to interiors; it applies to media, to you know, all kinds of things. There are seven principles, which I can't take off the top of my yeah, yeah, head. Yeah, but, but yeah, they are they're concepts that you need to understand to to make something universally or uh, usable by as many people as of. possible. So I like the term inclusive design more than universal design. Universal design is still somewhat confusing to people. They think, well, what do you mean? It's going gonna, it's gonna to work for everyone? all over the world? No. And, and it doesn't really. It's not really meant for that. But yeah. you know, inclusive to me is more it's more friendly and speaks more about what I think, where my heart yeah. is in terms of that. And it, yeah. it talks about, you know, you are, no matter whether you're 7 or 70, mm-hmm. you should be able to use a space just right. like anybody else right and so that's really where my passion is and you would be surprised um, even in housing that is for over 55 Mm-mm. the kinds of things that are not included in that in those spaces um, but they really to me it's good design for everybody it's the way we should right. design all the time
0: yeah so yeah and, exactly uh, yeah and I think you're so right about that. It's like just having that integrated in our design. So it's not like we're segmenting where we're like, okay, well, this project we're being inclusive and this project we're not. It's like, it's always inclusive on all projects, yeah. right? Yeah, because we never it know just, like who's gonna connect in there, who's gonna you know sell the house and it goes to the next person. We wanna be able to offer good design to everybody.
1: Yeah, and I think especially for, and this is where the your younger designers come in, which I think is so important. Think you understand how long you, what you're doing now? How long it's going to impact the population going forward? I mean, yeah. there are some built spaces that are five thousand years old now. I don't think anything I build is <laughs> going to be five thousand years old. But if I design and build a house or modify a house, it's going to be at least seventy-five, maybe hundred years, yeah, standing, unless we have the big earthquake out here in California. But um, So what we do now is going to impact generations following us. And so it's really, really, really important that the younger generation and anybody doing this kind of work understands the the broader view that you need to have when you're designing, especially now going forward, because there's a big driver of change coming along with the poppy, the demographics. And it's Mm -hmm. really important to understand that and just make it part of your practice so that, you know, you don't have to turn down a house because it has too many steps or it's got that 24 inch doorway into the bathroom, which is ridiculous. I don't know who ever thought of that, (laughs) but so on and so forth. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's huge. Um, and you are, are you currently designing as well as offering, um, I am, tri- I am,
1: uh, my official retirement date from Active Design was January 1 of this year. Oh, um, I yeah, thought congratulations. I was all, and I thought I was all done. I got this one done. I got this one done. I got this one done. And then I had a client call me in January. And you won't believe it. We had a slab leak and now we need to do the re- the rest of the oh my the, gosh. the space so I said well she's a wonderful client and actually her house is going to be on the ASID NKBA kitchen and bath tour that in April amazing. so you, people will get to see this this wonderful space and the bathroom that I designed for her husband Stan um, but so I, I'm working with her and then I had one other client who said no 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 you can't design <laughs> I've been wanting you to do my kitchen for five years I said ah. well now's your chance so, so all right we'll do it now so
0: yeah get on it basically
1: (laughs) i would like i would yeah so basically i would like i mean as much as i enjoy yeah it's just getting harder and harder to schlep you know pieces of tile and go to 49 showrooms and pick stuff up and then deliver it back and 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 i and the seven o'clock phone calls from the builder in the the morning Mm -hmm. saying "Uh, i don't think the tile that got delivered is the right tiles this is just what you need when you're having your first cup of coffee So I've just sort of said, you know, no, I think what I'd really, really like to do is share what I have to, to the better, the wider community and, you know, and do that because that, that is where my passion really is. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's brilliant. I just love that you're able to continue your legacy to the next generation of designers um, I think I, that's so I, rad.
1: I hope so. I hope they don't think, you know, I hope they listen and, and, and really <laughs> take to heart what I have to say because I think it's, it's so, so, so crucial. And I think the workshops and the mentors, the way I can work with them is to help them learn how to listen and see mm-hmm. um, the greater picture than mm-hmm. just what's in front of them. Well, oh, I got a kitchen to do, or I, you know, I want to use this right. color. You know, right. I mean, really, you need, really there's a lot more that you can do to to broaden your understanding of the entire environment um Mm -hmm. the thing one thing that i find is that many builders build houses for 30 year old able-bodied males Mm. pretty much (laughs) but when you look at your extended family yeah you your family gets together you know big family reunion finally after covid everybody can get together again you look around how many 30-year-old 30 able-bodied, 30 able-bodied males are in that crowd? Not many. There's men, not men, maybe some, sure. But there's tall ones, and there's short ones, and there's skinny ones, and there's not-so-skinny ones, there's old mm-hmm. ones, there's young ones, there's able ones, there's not-so-able ones, you know? And so these are the people that are yeah. gonna be using that kitchen or Absolutely. walking in, you know, using that space. So Absolutely. those are the people you need to design for. Yeah. And, and just making that mental switch and learning how to talk to people and find out about, you know, how, who's going to use the space and how do you use this mm-hmm. space and, uh, is, is really what I hope to pass Yeah.
0: And, it, and and that's also too, just about getting to know your client who is going to be coming into these spaces. I know we designed a home here in Encinitas along with an ADU and the ADU and the home were both, um, designed with the intention that their parent may be living in that ADU come Good. future um you know they're in their 50s they're not looking at you know anytime recent but their parents are in their 80s and so we made sure there's an elevator you know the wide doors and then all the bathrooms are just you know you can roll a wheelchair in there so we have no dams on anything uh, but just recently she the homeowner who's only i think she's 51 she fell and broke her hip oh, and wow. So the house was already set up for her. So she could get in the elevator. Her bed is adjustable. So she's able to get in, set up, like do all the things. So her home was very able to handle the broken hip situation. That's the perfect
1: um, example. Because, you know, I have the saying that, you know, I started We are all only temporarily able-bodied. Yeah. Think about it. We think we're invincible, but we're not really only able know temporarily able-bodied something as simple not breaking hip is a very serious thing yeah but being great yeah or you know getting COVID and you know being exhausted you know whatever mm-hmm. the situation is we're not all 100% all the time and so when your environment supports you no matter what then it you're not fighting that as well as what you're trying to you know heal from what what you're what you have had we're also getting older the minute we're born so yeah. you may think that, oh, I don't need balance bars in my bathroom yet. I'm 50-something. And I say, well, when are you going to install them? After your first fall? Mm-hmm. Maybe we should put mm-hmm. them in before so you maybe won't.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And a sense. lot of times, too, when I'm designing is we'll um, brace all the walls in those bathrooms because we know that at some point, even if they don't want it now, it's like, well, let's put them in there and right. take note of where they're at. I <laughs> just put them in now. And I don't even call, you know, it's just... <laughs> You know, this is a beautiful jewelry for the bathroom. I mean, yeah. you could
1: get it in matte black and brushed, you know, brushed bronze. I mean, let's mm, just
0: make it match so everything.
1: And it's so seamless, it's beautiful and it's there.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And I, you know, not everything is for a wheelchair either because only about one in a hundred people are in a wheelchair. So accessibility is a whole range and actually one in four people in this, in the general population one in four—that's twenty-five percent of your wow. have some sort of different ability. Amazing. Whether it's seeing or hearing or or moving or lifting or whatever it is, those are those are different abilities, and we need—you know—that needs to be accommodated. Now, when you get to the population over sixty-five, mm-hmm. that becomes one in four. Forty percent—not one in four—that's not right. Four in four true. in ten. So forty percent. Math wow. was never my strong story. <laughs> I can do drapery calculations, but some things I can't. Um, but yeah, 40% of the population has some sort of disability challenge or different ability. And so one of my one of my pet peeves is, or not pet peeves, but one of my focuses now is people yeah. building AD, ADUs. So you mentioned that you did this mm-hmm. for a client. How mm-hmm. many
0: people build an
1: ADU just with the idea that they're going to make extra money?
0: Oh, yeah, I can imagine.
1: And they don't think about Yes. fact that when we called them granny flats that at least gave you an idea that maybe it should be designed for, to get a little easier to get around in. Okay? Mm-hmm. But what these people don't understand is if they, if they build an ADU even if it has stairs, and I'm not talking right. stairs, I'm not that you're restricting your market reach yep. to only 60% of the population rather than 100 and I don't think oh, that we, that's a great let's talk point. dollars and cents. So you're limiting your market reach. So when you incorporate these principles into everything you design, you're not limiting. It, you're not limiting the people using it, and you're not mm-hmm. limiting your market reach if you're trying to market to a, to the entire population. Yeah,
0: so smart. Yeah, that's so key. We love that. Yeah, I'm totally going to be thinking of you the next time <laughs> that we design an ADU. <laughs> and we've got a we've got a workshop. Uh, with the design cabin and you. Um, so our designers get to connect with you um, on this level of, of learning about uh, inclusivity. Can you share a little bit about what that workshop is going to entail? Kind of give a little teaser to anyone that is thinking about maybe joining us?
1: Yes, I think I'm, I'm going to give you some... I'm going to change your mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to broaden your mind, number one. As I've said a little bit, to to really... Um, give you a new set of eyes um, and I'm going to hopefully teach you how to listen a little bit better so mm. the first thing you do when you're listening is you put this away
0: yep. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> and you don't think about you know learning how to actively listen Yeah. Is, my husband and I used to teach marriage encounter which was a, a weekend for marriage communication we how learned cool, a lot huh? about active, active listening to the other person and not just listening to their words, right. listening to their whole person. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that, you know, it's hard to do on Zoom, but it's easier and it's easier to do in person. But, but you can you can read a lot of, about people by, by listening to them and looking how they move in their in their spaces mm-hmm. and knowing what questions to ask them to yeah. identify what, what's going on with them and when you're designing a space. Um, so that I hope to teach, you know, some of that yes of that kind of awareness and then introduce you to some resources that are oh beautiful. yes we love resources I mean yeah a lot yeah really beautiful resources and, sh- and maybe even do some brainstorming about different floor plans as to how we can mm-hmm. make this one more you know how can we make this better um you know and, and and sharing yeah sharing that and just yeah and showing some examples of what I've done so that we can You can see that if they are they can be beautiful because i i have three by words safe easy to use and beautiful those are three by words if i don't incorporate all of those into my design i have fails
0: it may still be beautiful but yeah it (laughs) needs to be working so
1: that i hope that that philosophy i hope to impart to other people and then i i can be as a mentor you know that you have a particular problem project that you're working on and you can't see the forest for the trees because you just can't see it and You're i so know close. maybe I, yeah i can maybe i can suggest one or two things that mm-hmm. might make it better and not every space is going to be 100% accessible all the time but i think
0: right.
1: if you can there are things that you can do as a general rule to make it certainly better and easier absolutely. for everybody cuz when you when you design to the most challenged person who might live work in that space it's easier for everybody absolutely everybody yeah
0: yeah, so that's awesome. what I hope to do,
1: and I think have some fun in the process.
0: Heck yeah, we're so, gonna have totally fun. Um, but so, in your own personal practice with consulting, um, can people? How do people work with you? Is it like an hourly thing? Do they do package? I rates?
1: can, I can, I can, yeah, very, yeah, both, 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 and okay. Uh, I will work on an hour, hourly basis with someone. That okay, can have a just want to do a one-on kind of thing. I can do that too. I can also do a package, like a four-hour package. Um, based on you know and covering the different things that I just Got had, it. that I talked about and I okay. can I can do that for a staff I can for say you, you work for a, a design firm and you want to do a, a one hour lunch and learn four you know four weeks in a row or something Perfect. like that I could come in and do that and um, break it down into that uh, into that kind of package super so, cool
0: either, I love
1: either it either way either way it's fantastic very easy. My Yay. website is in the process of becoming putting together, so it's not okay. up and running yet. But when it is, it will be very simple um, and dot and I will announce that when that is up and, up
0: yeah. and running. But, let uh, us know. We'll add you to yeah. the um, you know our resource list with the design Kevin. We'll share it, and then we'll also put the link in the show notes uh, when Perfect. that's available. Perfect. And but we'll also I- have your email, so if anyone yeah. misses the actual workshop, you can. Still get in touch with Anne and um, you know hire her as a consultant uh, for your business, and I mean that just adds more value to your own business, right? We, that we can offer inclusivity with design and accessibility. Well, I
1: did. I did a sir I did a short survey at a couple of meetings that I went to. It was that uh, what? W- how would it benefit you? And yeah, diff- designers were a little different than builders, but very similar. I was really surprised. Yeah. They wanted to broaden their. Um, they wanted to expand their skill set broaden their market reach, um, increase client satisfaction, um, which I, and the designers wanted to make a difference. The builders weren't so much about making differences, Mm. but just, you know, this is typical of designers. We want to make a difference in the world. We do. Builders just want to go in there and build (laughs) it.
0: And I'm beginning
1: to talk to architects too. So,
0: Oh, that's very cool. Really fun. Fantastic. Yeah, so um, our workshop will be with Anne um, on Friday. So any of you that are in the Design Kevin Pro member will have access. And um, if you're a new member, you will have access to past recordings. So if you're listening to this well into the future and you're a Pro member, you do have access to all the past trainings, which is really, really neat to have as, as an offering. Um, and I always like to end our conversations with you know what's keeping you grounded, how do you stay centered? what do you do to be mindful? I, I love learning.
1: Well, I, I am a practicing uh, I, I'm a practicing Christian. Uh, I, yeah. I'm the episcopal sort, which I much means I'm very inclusive and mm. non not, in, uh, not threatening and, and very yeah it's okay to ask questions. And so my faith bound, grounds me a lot. This next week is uh, Holy, uh, Palm Sunday through Holy Week. Oh yeah, um, which is a, a, a wonderful experience to uh, to go through, even mm. you know year after year after year to realize how much I am loved. Um, Absolutely, as we are all loved, we're all beloved children of God. No matter what our faith is, we yeah. are all created as beautiful children of God. And once I, you know, when I know that, I'm grounded. Oh, you know, so beautiful. I don't have to worry about it. So yeah.
0: Oh, I yeah. love it. So, so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you for asking. Of course. Well, I'm excited for our workshop on Friday. Can't wait to dive in. And if anyone has questions or wants to learn more, um, Anne's here, I'm here, and you can find all the information in the show notes. Thank Thank you. you. You've been listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. If it's one that you have been enjoying, please share with anyone else that you think can benefit from this knowledge. And leave us a five-star review that helps us get seen and found by other new and aspiring interior designers. And if you're looking for mentorship, I invite you to join our club here at The Design Coven. It's a bridge between school and real-life interior design. We get in much deeper there. We have virtual and in-person Events, So everyone is welcome. You don't need to have a design degree to be part of it. Just an interest in holistic interior design. I also want to thank our editor, Marcy Ferry, Blake Ferris for all of her special help with the podcast, our social media posts, newsletter, and lastly, Kinseth Thibodeau, who is our music composer until next time be well and we will see each other soon